Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the podcast production company that's making the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts and a sixth event podcast, but we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the podcast production company that's making the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts and a sixth event podcast, but we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for listening. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pun. Get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. There are plenty of different designs available, so there is guaranteed to be something you love. To show your love of Dum Dums and Dice, go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B. D-U-M-B. D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back? Redbubble.com slash people slash dice. Get your merchandise today. All art supplied by the brilliant decapitated markers. Welcome back, children of the night, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood, keeper of the chronicle, and all around the spooky dude. Ah, 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 ah. This week, we continue our mini-series, Blood and Syrup, the untold messy successes, and we are happy to announce that our regular chronicle will resume in two weeks' time, after our mini-series concludes next week with the tale of Everett Fry. But for now, we venture back to jolly old London, for the tale of the vicious mobster we know as Ridley Beef. We join him on the last day of his mortal life and begin by learning his true name. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. So, Canada knows him as the Riddler. At least a few people, like at least five people in Canada know him as the Riddler. But before he came to our shores, before he crossed the pond, as it were, 
the vampire that we know and fear as Ridley Beef had a different name before he purchased a mask to hide himself in in uh, Montreal. Ryan, what's your real name? His name is Richard Darkly, but he goes by Dick Darkly. Dick Darkly. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. I've had that on my sheet since we started. Excellent. Well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad COVID forced us to <laughs> self-isolate and record these weird prequels. Otherwise, we'd never Step have into the that. Darkly-verse. Yeah, we'll never know how C-3PO was built otherwise. Uh, okay, so Dick Darkly, um, for uh, a number of years now, you've been part of um, uh, a gang. And uh, you are proper Cockney gangsters. We are talking Guy Ritchie... Back when he was good, so not gentleman style, but like lock, stock, and snatch kind of. Uh, I've always imagined you working for kind of like um, a uh, fuck, oh Jesus Christ, what's his name? Um, uh, I want to say flat top, but that's not it. You know the guy, brick top, brick top. Thank you, flat top. That's a fucking uh, Dick Tracy villain. You see, Dick Darkly just got me on the Tracy train. Um, but yes, uh, I like I always kind of imagine you in a brick top gang. But uh, I want to leave a bit of that up to you. So, what do you think the name of your gang is, and what's your racket? Oh man, uh, the gang—they probably just be known as the heavies. I feel like they're people who just show up, and he's probably the smallest of them, but he's still sort of fridge wide. Like it's just weird. He stands out visually like he probably was the scrawny kid and then like did steroids and that just made him normal tough guy size, but still short. Um, Racket is probably like protection Mm, more so than anything else. Like I think it's just like protection, problem solving. And then I feel like he'd just be trying to recreate what he did there in Montreal because it's what he'd know. So like they'd probably start like a shitty bank they ran for locals who didn't trust the bigger banks. Right. And like pro- providing protection to like asshole business people, but also like sex workers only to be legitimate kind of protection where they just do the job and not be ruinous. Sure. Okay. So I think then, then what likely is, is, um, cause your, your mother was a sex worker, right? Yes. Right. So I think what likely happened is being born into, um, sort of the uh, the brothel systems of uh, one of the rougher parts of... Uh, I feel like you're a London boy. Is that accurate? Yeah, that feels right. Yeah, like, like London or Manchester, probably London. So uh, you're born in one of the seedier parts of, of London, and as a result, kind of from birth, you've um, seen the dark side uh, of... Um, of humanity, basically, and and of Johns and of the business and of pimps. And as time went on, um, I think maybe you're just one of those kids who who's real good at scrapping when uh, when you encountered something that you you didn't wouldn't stand for. So it started out like kind of helping stand up uh, for your mom. I think your your mom was like a, a like a straight up ass kicker, um, but it, it it was kind of like a you were you were kind of like your mom's backup for a bit. Um, and then gradually you kind of fell in with, uh, with other people of a similar situation. And I think it, it would be very easy for the heavies to take on a bit of a Robin Hood mentality, but like probably closer to historical Robin Hood, where it's a lot of like, you have a code and you do things, but like, you're also kind of awful. Like you're all monsters, but you have a code that you can, you can live safely by. So gradually yeah, it's like the Peaky Blinders, the neighbors are your friends, but the neighbors are also afraid of you. <laughs> Hundred percent, and I think you basically slowly took over a lot of the, uh, like legitimate protection of a lot of the brothels. Uh, but then also, uh, as your reach kind of grew, the heavies became more and more of a protection racket, kind of throughout the neighborhoods and the neighboring neighborhoods. Um, but every so often, um, you're called upon to do a favor because. One of the issues that you've run into uh, as a group is um, even though you've kind of got these altruistic goals, not the entire criminal underworld of uh, London doesn't respect, necessarily respect um, those same goals, uh, but you still need to deal with them. And ultimately you're too small. And like, I think if, if any of the major mob groups wanted to roll over you, they just could. Like it would be messy and you'd, you'd, you know, you'd fight to the last man and likely part of the city would burn. But, like, if it's the mob versus the small protection racket, 
you kind of operate under their auspices. Um, so the leader of your gang um, is just a just a fucking slab of a man named Fifty Stone, um, and he's named that because he is the heaviest, biggest motherfucker you have ever seen. Just like Vinnie Jones, if he got really into steroids, but also food. Um, so he's just like <laughs> Vinny the Jones Johnson, just yeah, the yeah. rock sized Vinny Jones. Yes, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty good. But like uh, the rock, if he wasn't cut, so like a, a bigger Dave Batista body, you know, just like mm. um, and uh, you know he uh, he likes the finer things, but he's also just like a muscly guy. Um, so Fifty Stone. Um, is uh he's always wearing um a uh an Arsenal uh football jersey which just pisses everyone off because no one wants to cheer for Arsenal but he kind of wears it almost as as a it's a bit of a status symbol for him it's just kind of like uh that's right you fucks look what i'm wearing and they're all like we know so he just has like a variety of these jerseys um, you think maybe they're too stitched together because, like, he's just too big. So he's got, like, a Frankenstein stitched on the front. Mm. Um, they don't necessarily always match, but they are always Arsenal, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, there's two Arsenal logos on, like, one yeah, on each pack in, just yeah, from the yeah, front like of shirts. Arsenal, yeah, it's like they, uh, the sponsor is just always, I think they're Emirates, so it's like Arab Emirates is just, like, Fly Emirates is just at weird angles. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, big guy, um, inexplicably... Um, wears his hair up in a man bun. Like, he's just a weird contradiction of things. Um, but uh, he's generally a good bloke, and you you trust him. Um, so, uh, on this day of days, um, 50 Stone has uh, showed up. Where, where do you think the, the gang's hideout is? What's what's your kind of base of ops? I feel like they probably operate out of, like, a block of, like, you know those attached houses where you just see yep. kind of, like, slumlord kind of thing where they probably just have, like, a bunch, like, one row of houses in, like, a really shitty, like, 60s publicly funded housing block. Sure, sure, sure. And they so, all just, like, live in those houses. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like that. So it's like a neighbor. It's literally a neighborhood vibe. Um, so uh, he pulls up in his battered up uh, mini because um, he just is, like... Just a man who loves weird things. Uh, and he's basically the size of the car, but he, he manages to struggle out of it. I should also clarify, he doesn't weigh 50 stone. It's just a cool name he picked up. Um, but he uh, he gets out, uh, and you see the whole car like, kind of um, jam back and forth. Uh, and uh, he comes up, and you can see he's got um, a six-pack of uh, beer in each hand, uh, which is a bad sign, because 50 stone is notoriously stingy. And if he shows up with... Friendly beers. That means there's there's some bad news of brewing. Last time there's a random question, Tom. Yep. How old is he compared to me? Because I'm in my like late forties. Or I was uh, when I was turned. Yeah, he's a he's a younger guy. He's sort of like uh, late thirties. Um, he runs the gang though, largely because it, it, I think it was the case where, in terms of as people were coming up, he was the one who put it all together. You were likely like running um, protection on like your mother's brothel and a few other brothels. He was the one who was like. Listen, you seem like a capable lad. Maybe you and me should join forces. Uh, and then he helped you beat up some guys, and you're like, this sounds like a good plan. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's definitely younger, but um, he also does the kind of work that you don't particularly care for, which is the connecting work. You don't want to be a fucking crime maven. Uh, you want to run things, but you don't... You want to either... Like, I get the sense that Ridley would like to be at the top of the ladder, or, like, not on the ladder. As opposed to, like... Correct. Yeah. So... In this case, he kind of found what you were good at and folded you in, but he does all the bitch work you don't want to do. Plus, you can't read, which really, really prevents you from, like, some of the higher level stuff. Um, I think 50 Stone knows this, and, like, you're you're like his right-hand man. Like, you're, you're, like, right up there, but he also is aware of kind of where your struggles are. Um, so he's, uh, he's, in a weird way, both like a younger brother and your boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels about right for yeah, <laughs> for Mr. Darkly. Yeah, for 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 Dick Darkly. Um, so when you see him come up with the beer, you know it's bad news. So you kind of quiet the rest of the uh, the the lads and ladies down. Um, and again, you're all pretty like big big folks. Um, there's there's no 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 like there's maybe like one thin scrawny guy who's like the mascot. Um, uh, we'll call him Skinny Ted. Uh, but everyone else is, uh, yeah, they all look like soccer hooligans. Exactly right. 
So um, 50 Stone um, kind of like gives the signal for, for kind of uh, you and the other sort of uh, main players to, uh, to kind of group up. Um, and you meet uh, in his backyard. Uh, his mom lives in the flat. Uh, and she's watching Corey Street at like full volume. Um, and he leaves a beer for her and then he, he gestures for the rest of you to come out back. Um, and he says, uh, let's see if I can get my cockney right. It's going to be a mess, but mm, we're just doing it. Um, right, lads. Got a bit of a sticky wicket today. That's right. I'm learning cricket now. Anyway, it's going to have to wait. You see, there's been a bit of a fucking problem on the block. You know how we feel about drug pushers trying to push drugs. And he looks We don't like him fucking pushing, you know. You bring it out and you sell it where you need to. And if someone's a fucking mess, you leave them the fuck alone. That's right. You sell to the people who want it, not the people who don't. Now I'm Australian because I've been watching so much <laughs> fucking cricket. Um, and he chugs his beard. He's like, uh, well, I mean, you only moved into town five years ago. Like, it's been one of those... Meteoric fucking rises in the community, and that's what we like about you. That's Foreign. right. I'm, I'm a Strockney. You've uh, been in so many parts of the United Kingdom that we may as well call you United. Well, works for me. Uh, in any case, lads, uh, here's a problem. This guy's pushing drugs. It's a new drug. We haven't seen it before, and it's fucking people right up. And they're not sticking to the people who want it. They're selling it to anyone who'll take it. They're even giving it out. Uh, and he kind of looks to you and he's like, and, uh, Dick, sorry, mate. They've been, uh, they've been handing it out to your mom's place. What the fuck? They don't do drugs at my mum's fucking place. Who the fuck is this? I want to have a nice little fucking talk. Um, so he goes on to explain, uh, that, um, he's got word from kind of the people who hold his chain, uh, that the, um... Uh, the drug is something called Drac, uh, and it seems to be... He thinks it's Drek, uh, that someone misspoke, so he, he'll refer to it as such. Um, but basically, it's uh, it seems to be incredibly potent, and um, he's his fear is that they're basically field testing it, uh, because no one really gives a shit about this part of town anyway, so if a bunch of people turn up dead, no harm, no foul, they can figure out the dosage for a wider distribution, because this seems like the exact kind of thing a bunch of fucking pricks would do in our neighborhood. Um... Anyway, he says that uh, there is um, his uh, his handlers have managed to set up uh, a meeting with uh, the uh, the guy who seems to be kind of running this operation, uh, whose name is um, Andrigo Duckface Rodriguez. Uh, um, and uh, he's like, they gave him the nickname because in all of his selfies, he looks like a fucking duck. Um but uh, anyway, Duckface has been uh, kind of the uh, the front man for this this operation, and um, the good news is that because uh, his handlers and fifties handlers know each other, they managed to set up essentially um, a peace accord. So this is the part that uh, Fifty brought the beers for because he knows you're not going to take this too well. But it's basically like we're under orders to make peace, deliver some cash to make these guys fuck right off. And then the neighborhood's ours again. Everyone else can leave. Well, that just means whoever your boss is just going to send someone fucking else and then we got to pay them. Why don't we just pay them and buy this fucker's heart? We rip it out, shove it in a dumpster or something, go on the news and be like, oh, no, people die whenever they fucking sell drugs here and then we're fucking done. Uh, he, he just shakes his head uh, and uh, he's like... Look, mate, you know as well as I do, we all got to answer to someone in this world. The people I answer to, back in Australia, and here, they don't want no fucking murders on the block. We're going to pay him off, he goes his way, we go ours. Well, what if we just, like, jump in a car and we follow him on his way, and then when he leaves the block, we fucking murder him on someone else's block, and then we say it was them? Richard, I'm telling you, Duckface walks. And, like, he rarely uses your full name, so this is bad news. Like He's also looking directly nod. down at you as you look directly up at him. Yeah, and I, like, sort of nod, but I'm just waiting for him to wink, and then he doesn't, and then I'm mad. Because <laughs> I wanted an exception. Yeah, he hands you one of the packs of beer as everyone else kind of looks on, sadly. 
having not received beer. And then uh, Rich will just get pissed off and sit down and start drinking him by himself. Yeah. He doesn't have a whole lot of awareness of others. It's the reason no one likes him. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, 50 goes around and kind of gets everyone else ready. Um, he's got the money in the trunk of his car or the boot, if you will, because England. Um, and then he gets in and drives from the wrong side because the right side. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he, uh, he just kind of gets everyone else prepared. And basically, uh, the deal is the, um, the handoff's going to go down later tonight. Um, down by the docks in the bad part of town uh, where all such deals go. Um, Duckface is bringing his crew. Um, 50 is trusting you to lead uh, the heavies. Um, it would be uh, a, a huge sort of sign of status for Duckface if 50 showed up. Um, mm. So uh, he also knows that, like, He's a big, scary dude, but his heart just isn't in the violence. Your heart is the violence. So um, he's sending you to kind of oversee this uh, and to make sure it goes off without a hitch. You can tell he's like a little apprehensive about how mad you are, but uh, he's also kind of just like trusting you to, to sort this out. All right, so I don't have to fucking negotiate. I just fucking go, drop off a bag, and then we're done. I get to fucking leave. Yep. No accent on yup, apparently. As I said, you know, you were in America. You fucking go all over the place. That's why they trust you so much here. I truly they am a globetrotter. They always say, you know, if you just, they'd rather you have every influence than just fucking one. No one's got over on you. You don't spend more than five years in one place. Lived in every continent you have. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, he gives you um, a little bit of time to prepare, uh, and then uh, it'll be up to you where you want to go and what you want to do. All right, yeah, I guess I'll take... Is, is there any? Is there like a right fucking number of people? Do you have any terms? Um, like sometimes they say, we bring five, you bring five, no guns. Are there any fucking rules? Uh, yeah, it's a, sure, it's a five and five, no guns. <laughs> Great, I'm going to take the three biggest guys, and I'm going to take Skinny Ted, because nobody knows why we keep that cunt around, and I bet it's because he's scary. Oh, I mean, I you bet I'm scary! I mean, we know it's because he's a fucking idiot, but they don't know that, so we'll give him a big gun. Do we get guns? Uh, everyone can bring one gun. So five and five, each person gets one. Uh, each team gets one gun. All right, so then, Ted, so, you yeah. don't get a gun. <laughs> oh, jeez, easy come, easy go is my lot. And then he pulls out his, like, extraordinarily long, like, elephant gun. He's like, next time, Bertha! And he puts it in the corner. Okay, I think... Uh, We'll say uh, Dick has, like, a family heirloom that he's held on to. It was from... He was told it's from his grandfather. He legitimately has no idea the source of the gun. But it was, like, a World War II Luger mm. pistol. Like, the German pistol. And he's hung on to that and maintained it. It was originally his mom's and now it's his. So he'll bring that just, like, back of the waist under his, like, bad used car salesman outfit. Because it turns out he just owns, like, five of those and that's all. Okay, yeah. That tracks. I like that. Um, okay, so um, you load that up. Um, you get your your kind of four toughest guys and and skinny Ted, who at the very least will cause a tremendously huge distraction. Um, tactical difficulties there, if nothing else. Um, so um, yeah, with that, um, you kind of load up into your various vehicles. You take a couple cars and you kind of make your way down through the streets. Um, Ridley, as you, you kind of look out the window, um, you take in uh, the neighborhood that you've protected um, for so long. And weirdly, like, I think for you, there's a sense of um, a bit of a sense of uh, pride in kind of how this is all shaken out. Like, it, it is a much better place now than it was, uh, at least to your kind of skewed code. Uh, it's a much better place now than it was. Greetings, children of the night. It is I, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood, keeper of the Chronicle, and all around the spooky dude. I used to host the blood and syrup, but now I spend all of my time in the Dum Dums and Dragons Patreon. Yes, for just the cost of one dollar, one 
ah, ah, ah. You can join the Patreon, get into the Discord, and talk to other fans about everything that's happening in your favorite shows. Alternatively, at higher levels, you can get ad-free feeds. You can add names and locations to the shows, or at the $25 level, you can even create your own NPC of darkness, or light, or whatever various lighting solution you want. You create your character, and they appear in one of our shows, causing all forms of shenanigans, and your name ends up in the credits. It's a pretty sweet deal. In any case, join our Patreon of Darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the night. Ah, ah, ah. Spooky. Hey, friends. It's Ryan, but like regular Ryan, as himself, talking about dum-dums and dice. Yes, I'm one of the people behind this show. Obviously, you're listening to the show. You're loving this show. Somebody's doing great. Probably probably not me, but like Tom. He does really good work. Tyler does really good work. Uh, third person also does really good work. I don't know what show this is on. But the important thing is that you can support the show and join the show at patreon.com slash dice. That's right. That address that I totally just said. Go there. Join Dum Dums and Dice. Support the show. It's going to be great. So I'm going down the street. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at everything. Everything's nice. Um, uh, can I take out a cell phone and call my mom? It's like, yeah, totally. If people are taking the fucking drugs, I don't know. It's like he'll just like speed dial it. I feel like he's got probably one of those shitty things. Like his hood has like a hole busted in it from where he jammed his phone in it, so he doesn't have like an elaborate Bluetooth setup. It's just sure. a shitty enough car that, bam. And he's, mom, are you there? Oh, hello. You never dear. say hello. It's there me, we go. your mumsy. Yeah, yeah, mum. So I heard someone's been fucking giving drugs to your people. Is that true? Yeah, he came around here, started handing out little packets. I didn't know what was in him, so I kicked him right to the curb, I did. But not before a couple of the, the lads and lasses got a little bit in him. Well, that's how did they do? It's fucking new. They went so fucking it's obviously... mental. They were punching and stabbing and biting. It was terrible. Oh, shit. You need me to swing by, and it sounds like a fucking wall No, 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 I sorted it out. The old mum's pretty good with the fisticuffs, as you'll recall. But it's a, <laughs> it's a real danger there, Sonny. Right, you got, you well... got a plan to take care of it. Apparently, I just have to go fucking pay him, and then they'll walk off into the distance, and oh, this won't ever happen one again. Well, yeah, that's true, why. Is it? That's why I brought the old loogie. Oh, your granddad's Luger. Yeah, I'm really hoping they fuck around. Because if they fuck around, nobody told me I couldn't solve a fucking problem. Well, you've I brought, always been I brought skinny Ted, so problems. they're gonna think we're. I brought skinny Ted, so they're gonna think we're fucking idiots. Oh yeah, that 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 they will do. He is a bit of a fucking idiot. <laughs> I might tell them he's in charge. <laughs> I'm decided. Well. I would say mum knows best, but in this case, I think you do, son. So, you go give him hell, and then you swing by later, we'll have, we'll have some cookies. That's right, I bought cookies. <laughs> One thing I always loved about you, mum, is you knew right when I needed a cookie. Just psychologically, you fucking knew. Yep, that's what good mums are for. Kicking drug addicts asses and cookies. Got it some other stuff too, but I can't tell you about it. <laughs> I know about that. You know, the nookie and the cookie. It's yeah, why you always yeah. have that limp biscuit playing around. Right. I still can't believe that nice boy wrote a whole song about it. After I know. I, told I him know. About it. And he, he, he's making a movie with John Travolta called The Fanatic. It looks fucking John terrible, Travolta? but it's. Yeah, it's not coming out Is for he like still a year, though. Movies? Well, oh, I mean, I hey, based to- on what I've seen, debatable. I had such a crush on him. <laughs> well, anyway, I'll let you get to the murdering, but swing by later for cookies. We can talk we'll do, more about our favourite John Travolta movies. Yeah, yeah, we can watch that one. Michael, let's watch that and have cookies. All right, love you, oh, Mum. Bye, Z. Michael, lovely. Uh, and then you hang up on her still just talking about Michael. She sure loves Michael. Um, and then I look at Skinny Ted in the back seat, and I go, "You know what? Second thought, I'm not going to say you're in charge. I got cookies to get to. I don't want to chop people up." Oh, 
I told you, easy come, easy go. And he puts away like a mare. He had like a weird old mare medallion he'd put on. And he just like stuffs it back in his jacket pocket. You know what, Ted? I think I figured out the reason I keep you around. You sound surprisingly like my mum. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but Ted's allergic to You cookies. be good and you'll get a cookie too. <laughs> He's allergic. That's the one that's really his, his greatest weakness. Um... Great. So uh, you arrive uh, just as the, the sun goes down to um, an old dry dock um, that uh, would have once been, been used quite extensively, but now has clearly fallen into disrepair. Um, you, the cars pull in, uh, you get out, and you approach um, uh, sort of um, much slicker, newer, more expensive cars uh, that have been kind of parked uh, in that classic, like, bad guys from a Fast and Furious movie way where they're all like weird angles. Um, and um, you can see um, everyone they've brought is it's definitely smaller than the heavies, but they're all like, uh, they've got like clear martial artist builds. Like you see um, a lady that you remember was like a UFC fighter a couple years ago, uh, got like kicked out for unnecessary cruelty in the ring. Um, there's like a, a couple of guys who, who clearly like, they've got the, that sort of like, um, uh, like the uh, Bruce Lee build where they're just super, super ropey. And they're like, you just like, they're, they're very slight, but you're terrified that they're like, their whole body is a whip essentially. Um, and then, yeah, just like a, a just a straight up boxer is <laughs> just there. Uh, but amidst them all is a man taking a selfie, uh, doing duck face. So he's just got his lips pouted out. Um, and uh, he's got um, just kind of a few studs. He's, he's in like, uh, sort of punk rocker gear, so like uh, you know, uh, big boots, uh, skinny jeans, uh, a large amount of belts, um, leather jacket. Uh, he's got a couple studs uh, kind of through his cheeks, uh, and uh, he looks at his phone. He's like, "Yeah, that's a good one. Gonna put that on Insta." Uh, and then he he sees you all approach, and he um, puts his phone in his pocket. Uh, and he just kind of throws out his arms and says, Well, 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 the heavies. So good to meet you. My name's Andrigo Duckface Rodriguez. These here, these are my punchy, kicky folk. And they all do like a various like martial arts pose. Uh, and he says, I gave oh, them that name because they're good at punching and kicking. Oh, I didn't know we were going to like... Do this whole, like, oh, it's a comic book, everyone gets a name. All right, these are the heavies. I'm the guy with the fucking money, and this is Skinny Ted. He's lactose intolerant, he's allergic to cookies, and he's skinny as fuck. He's like a reverse Santa Claus. Reverse Santa Claus. <laughs> I like that. Oh, I wouldn't have respected you at all if he was your leader, but seeing as he's not, thumbs up to you. So, listen, I understand uh, from... Uh, my uh, my boss up the chain there that uh, y'all are none too happy about our uh, our operation here in town. Well, let's say I went to your house and I gave your mum a bunch of drugs along with her friends and then they all stabbed each other. How fucking happy would you be? I uh, never knew my mother, so probably indifferent, but uh, I get the sense this one got a little close to home for you there, little guy. Don't, don't do the little guy thing. I feel like we could all just trade the money and walk away and it'd be great. Yeah. Oh. My whole goal here is just not to call you duck fuck. And I knew I needed to not do it on the all way right. in. Well, you know. And I'm determined not to do it. I'm, t I'm being nice. Yeah, you're being nice by not calling me the thing you just called me. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm holding it in real classy. I could have said that five, six times. I had a good opener and everything. Well, you understand that this is a courtesy here. We're making good money off uh, off uh, the, uh, you know, your your mom and, uh, and her friends in the whorehouse. So I don't really see what the problem is here, bud. We're doing you a favor. So maybe keep your duck fuck to yourself. I'm a very <laughs> serious guy. I, I kill people. And yes, yeah, I but happen you to have a really good pose for my Instagram photos, because you know what? I can be an artist, too. I'm, I'm multifaceted. Like, uh, like Skinny Ted here. I bet he's got I mean, lots is... of skills. Oh, I don't! 
Yeah, thank you, Ted, for being honest. One of you has self-awareness as part of his skill set. You can't be that fucking out if you post Instagram photos that include geotagging at drug deals. That's not fucking thinking ahead. Um, and you see the UFC lady just lean in. She's like, yeah, I told you the geotagging thing's a real problem. He's like, shut up! Shut up, punchy Lucy. <laughs> this is this is my business. Uh, listen, just show us the money. And we'll let you go back to your fucking backwater neighborhood of garbage. <laughs> yeah, the backwaters of London. Uh, he just takes out a bag and he'll just like toss the bag over so the guy can look through it. Um, so uh, he picks it up. He's like, bit uh, feels a bit light to me. He tosses it to um, one of the uh, the martial artists who starts uh, counting it. And you can tell everyone's starting to get a bit tense. Like the money thing's always a bit of an issue. You also realize that, like, as someone who who thinks and worries about these sorts of deals, um, the prospect of just handing this chuckle fuck a bag of money when he, like, there's no guarantee he's actually going to do the things he said he did, there's no exchange going on, really sits ill with you. And you can tell the other heavies, with the exception of Skinny Ted, are also fairly nervous about this. Um, so, uh, they start counting the money and you can tell everyone's just kind of on edge. Like it's, you know, there's that, it's that classic, like the tension is just kind of rising and rising and rising. Um, and, um, then all of a sudden you hear, um, skinny Ted go, Oh, hi, what's that? Uh, and then his head explodes. Um, there's a single gunshot and um, his head just pops like a grape, uh, and his thin frame falls over. And immediately, um, like, uh, Edrigo uh, pulls out uh, a submachine gun. Uh, you start reaching for your Luger, and everyone just kind of fucking runs at each other. You have no idea where the shot came from. Um, but it does seem to you that everyone is equally surprised by this. Uh, you have a brief second to react. What do you do? Great. Uh, I want to, if I can close the distance fast enough, I want to get, like, essentially duck fuck grappled enough that I can put a gun to his head and just hold him in place. Because he's not, he's an Instagram guy. He's not willing to die for a fucking deal. Like, he's a loser. All right. I'm willing to die. Fair enough. (laughs) That's the only way we've held a street for as long as we have. All right. So, um, can you go ahead, please, and roll me a... We'll say, uh, we'll do a grappling, so brawl Mm -hmm. and uh, strength. Great. It's over five is a success, right? That's correct. Okay, I have three, or two successes. Oh, I had a seven die. I rolled three ones. Much stinky. Not the best. Um... So you lunge for him, uh, he ducks under you, um, and sort of leaps behind uh, the boxer, uh, who comes in with his his fists raised. He's like, I'm gonna pummel you with these here fists. You know what I say about good fighters? They don't fucking talk. Uh, And as I say that, I, like, stomp his front foot and go in low. I want to try to body slam him over me. All right, cool. Because I'm small enough. (laughs) I think I can, like, I'm fulcrum. It's like a seesaw. Um, So, and just to be clear, like, everyone else around you has engaged. Like, it's... it's Yeah, we're all thrown down. Yeah. Um, Okay, so, yeah, go ahead and roll um, brawl and strength again, I believe. And he will do the same. Oh, that's why I scored so poorly. I'm rolling d6s instead of d10s. Yeah, those, the uh, odds. those there we go. will not help. Okay, I have uh, three successes, uh, and I have two ones, one of which is on my rage die. Uh, so sorry, ones won't matter. It's uh, tens. That Great. Matter. Oh, it's only tens. Okay, oh, wait, I didn't roll no, a ten. I, I guess got... two. You, sorry, you rolled two ones? Yeah. Okay, you pass the check so that doesn't trigger a feral uh, failure. You'd have to fail and roll the ones. Um, Got it. He only rolled two successes. So you manage to uh, get up and under him. Uh, and you just like full on toss him over your shoulder. Um, what do you yell as you do so? 
<laughs> Cookie! <laughs> I think it's just, he's focused on where he's going to be in 10 minutes. He can't die. He's got to get to his mom. But cookies. if if he can take these guys with him, it's worth it. <laughs> I understand. So you slam him back, um, and you just hear, like, a sickening crunch uh, as his neck hits, uh, hits concrete. Um, and then uh, suddenly to your right, you watch uh, the UFC fighter's chest explode uh, with another gunshot, um, and she falls forward. Um, and then uh, Idrigo just starts, like, opening up on the whole crowd with his SMG. So I need you to please roll me um, dexterity and... Um, let me see... Do you want, like, a melee? Like, I'm trying to get out of the way using fight um, skills or streetwise if we want ducking and sure. covering? I mean, there there are legit rules for this somewhere. I just don't know what the fuck they are offhand. So, yeah, go ahead and roll me um, plus, uh, say, dexterity and firearms. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's totally reasonable. Uh, three successes. One of them is a ten. Okay. I don't know if that makes a difference. It does not. Um, okay, so you uh, you manage to only get hit by one bullet as he starts spraying the crowd. Uh, it goes through your shoulder, uh, causes you to wince. Um, you can't tell where the, these other gunshots are coming from, but you also kind of know, like, you always thought it would probably end something like this, um, just like a, a melee of fuckos that you needed to, to drop. Um so, um, I think with, uh, with what kind of strength you have left, you rush, um, Andrigo, cause he's the one gunning everyone down. Uh, so you leap at him, um, you knock the, uh, the gun to one side, uh, he starts throwing fists at you, you start throwing fists at him. Go ahead and roll me a melee plus strength check, please. That is four successes. All right, that's uh, four successes to his two. Um, so you manage to, like, he, he's got his guard up. Uh, you knock his hands aside, uh, and you just start pummeling. Um, here's my question. How uh, how hard do you think you go at him? Is this like, don't get up? I need him. I want him dazed but not out, because okay. at this point, I have to take him with me, or we all get murdered. So... I need him alive All right. <laughs> as a human shield and then to get him into a vehicle to get the fuck out of here. So you start um, punching uh, and he's kind of putting up a fight. Uh, you can hear more of these kind of like cracking gunshots around you. Um, eventually um, he, he goes down. Um, you drag him up. You kind of get him up to his feet. Um, and... Uh, he just kind of like he's in a, a bit of a daze. Uh, he manages to lock eyes with you, uh, and then he does a duck face, uh, and you feel a um, switchblade kind of enter your ribs. Um, and he's like, "Instagram rocks." Um, what do you do? You fucking asshole! Uh, and I just I, I'll knock him out. I'm just gonna take him clean out. But I gotta bring him with me. All right, so you bring Fucking him, asshole, um, and uh, he collapses into your arms, um, and uh, you begin to drag him back uh, towards your car. Um, as you you pull him back through through the chaos, uh, you can see that most like your your whole crew is down. Um, most of their crew is too. You see someone start to run for the exit, get shot, um, and then uh, as you you pull him towards the car, you look down and you can just see like a laser sight tracking up his back. Uh, and you have just a split second as you hear the crack to realize that anything that's that powerful isn't just going to stop at him. Uh, and that's when the bullet punches through your chest. Um, now you're still up, but you're you're bleeding pretty profusely. Do you try and drag him the rest of the way to the car or do you just ditch him and run? Ah, uh, man. No, nah, man, I'm going to get fucking killed. I'll do a lot of things, but I don't actually give a fuck about this guy. Uh, I will drop him uh, and then just, like, take two flip phones out and just grab two pictures of just whatever I can in the yep. dark and then just bolt for the car. Okay, so you, you reach for your pockets. Uh, you you kind of pull your phones up. You're finding it really hard to move your arms for some reason. Um, 
you manage to snap both the photos, uh, and then you look down and you can see that uh, the blood is just soaked fully through. Uh, it's it, it was a high like this was a high impact uh, sniper round, um, and you you in your head you're halfway to your car, uh, but in reality you're stumbling kind of backward, um, falling over, uh, and the last thing you hear before you black out is a feral howl. Um, the sound of a human scream, uh, and then you see a body drop out of the rafters, uh, and you black out. When you come to, um, you're in the dark, and um, it's you actually feel very um, claustrophobic. Uh, it seems there's weight pushing in on you uh, from all sides, uh, and you realize that you've been packed into something with dirt. What in the fuck? Uh, I'll, I'll just try to shove my way out. This is some fucking bullshit. Um, so you uh, you push out and um, you like push through the dirt. Your hands hit something heavy. You shove it up and off you. You kind of get up out of literally like dusting yourself off um, as you get up and out. And um, you uh, you find yourself in a... Uh, sort of a small room um, that looks like it's uh, it's got a lot of um, sort of very fine ornate coffins about, uh, and you can see there are some like classic uh, like Italian mob types walking around in um, just like impeccable suits, um, and uh, all of them um, look kind of pale in in the dark light. But um, once you're up, um, one of them uh, approaches you. Uh, and, um, he's like a, uh, think like a Ted Danson type. Um, and he just says, uh, ah, Mr. Darkly. Hi. Uh, my name is, uh, Gaston, and it's a, uh, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Uh, would you mind coming with me, sir? And he's just, like, standing there, covered in dried blood and dirt. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And he's just going to, like, look down at his chest where he knows he was shot and, like, feel around. And what the fuck's going on there, Tom? The, uh, the bullet wound is gone. Um, there's still a ragged hole in your clothes, and, like, your clothes are still soaked. in like, the blood is dried. Uh, but the wound itself is missing, as is the knife wound. What the fuck is going on? Okay, so clearly this ain't fucking heaven, because they don't say you got to dig your way out of a fucking <laughs> hole. No, certainly it is not, sir. Uh, quite the opposite. You are still in the world you knew. Just better. Ah, all right. I was worried I was in fucking hell. I'm okay with just being all right. Uh, well, uh, sir, I can assure you that uh, though there likely is a hell, we are far from it. Um, please, let me... Uh, uh, there's someone you need to meet. Uh, your sire, as it were. Um, there's going to be some uh, some new terminology for you, I'm afraid, but... Um, it's uh, it's gonna be worth it. Trust me. Uh, come this way. All right. And I like brush off some dirt, but do a really half-ass job, and then cut his losses. And he'll be like, "Well, let's fucking do this." So um, Gaston leads you up a flight of stairs into um, a uh, what seems to be kind of a um, like a large lounge. There's like a billiards uh, table. Um, there's mounted animal heads um, of like classic kind of upper-class British, like, there's a zebra and, like, a bunch of animals that probably shouldn't be mounted for public consumption. Um, and, uh, you can see a number of these types walking around. There's a massive wall, wall-sized TV that's kind of showing the news of the day. Um, and, uh, in front of it is, um, like, a Viola Davis type, um, in an incredibly well-cut suit. Um, and, um, she's, uh, got like a, a snifter in her hand, but you've seen a lot of blood in your day and you can definitely tell she's, there, there's blood in that glass. Um, she takes a sip, uh, she just turns and she says, <clears throat> ah, it's a delicious beverage, but, um, that's neither here nor there. Takes another sip, puts it down and says, uh, Mr. Darkly, so nice to make your acquaintance. Uh, please come in have a seat. Are you hungry? Am I hungry? Uh, yeah, but you're not quite sure what for. The The promise of cookies lingers in your head, but, um... Yeah, well, 
I'm not not angry, but you know what priorities. Uh, and I'll come in. Is there a chair or something that I can obviously yeah, yeah, sit there's, in? There's and... like um, there's sort of some lounge chairs. Uh, you like again? You've seen hideouts. This is definitely like just a nicer version of what Fifty would do in in uh, <laughs> kind of out back. Um, so uh, yeah, she uh, she welcomes you in, um, and uh, kind of gestures to a chair. Uh, you fall back in and. Damn, that's a comfortable chair. This is this is some like posh luxury bullshit, uh, but you know, when in Rome. Um, All so, right, I can appreciate the medical attention and everything else. So, what do you need from me? Because nobody takes a guy like me from a fucking ditch and patches him up and then buries him in a hole and then is like, you know what? I might have some symbolism and I might have a job. So, what is it? Well, uh, correct you are, Mister Darkly. Um, you see. Uh, your your dear friend, uh, Fifty Stone, is a dear friend of mine as well. I, in fact, uh, saved him once uh, when he'd just come back from his U.S.-Australian tour. Uh, and um, he was in a, a spot of trouble, as you can imagine a man such as Fifty Stone might be. And I bailed him out of said trouble on the promise that he would help keep the streets in order in a way that served uh, my and our purposes. So he's been a good boy for some time, one of a long line of many good boys who, who served the, the Note Nostra, which is us. Um, and now you, Mr. Darkly. You see, I hate to see good talent go to waste. And when we heard of your unfortunate situation, well... We simply couldn't let a, a man of your talents go. So I instructed uh, my men to, to help out a little bit, and I came personally for you. Uh, my name is Regan Rowling, and I am what you might call a vampire. Now, I know that's going to sound like some ridiculous bullshit, and I, I can understand why you would think that, but uh, in truth it is true, and she kind of like lifts she does like the stupid joker smile from uh, the Joaquin movie and just like shows off her fangs um and she says uh so here's the bitch of it mr darkly you are now one of us a kindred as we call ourselves but a vampire Spooky. he's going to reach up and touch his teeth cuz he's like existed yeah. his own world of little yeah, things and you, you can you can feel the fangs um, oh fuck so Wait, can i see the sun then um, uh, n no, uh, actually, that would be quite dangerous for you. You see, you okay. actually are quite, uh, in some ways, privileged. Uh, most kindred nowadays are turned by the various dregs of our society. I happen to be very old and very accomplished. Uh, and thus, you too are very powerful, uh, as, as we kindred go. You may no longer see the sun. You may no longer eat and drink human food. Ah, fuck. I like doing that. Yeah, we all do. Okay. Time. Uh, the good news Oh, is... no, I didn't mean to cut you off, though. This was a list, and I'm going to want to know all the fucking things I can't do. I understand. Um, the most pertinent thing, perhaps, is uh, that we do have use for you and your skills, and we'll explain how it all works, and and uh, you'll need to know about uh, the Camarilla, which is, uh, I think, a larger organization uh, closer to your Vatican than anything else, unfortunately. Um, but more importantly is us, you and me, and these fine folks around us. We are the Nate Nostra. We are relatively new in the greater scheme of the kindred society, but we realized there were gaps. And a criminal like yourself must know how valuable those gaps can be to enterprising criminals such as us. So while the Camarilla fights their war, they go off to fight Jenna and prevent the apocalypse, and the Sabbat try and summon their dark gods, and just basically, to use your parlance, a bunch of dumb fucking cunts fighting each other. We are going to take this world, because when they're done exterminating one another... Smart criminals such as us are the ones who remain standing. So my question to you, Mr. Darkly, is... When all is said and done, does Dick Darkly rise or fall? I don't fucking like falling. 
I like rising. I want to move to the fucking top of the world. Here's the, the two questions that I've learned at every one of these negotiations. What's in it for me? And what happens if I fuck up? You know, a carrot and a stick, as it were. These are important questions, and unfortunately the consequences are quite severe in both cases. Um, the Cambrilla, our kindred government, for lack of better term, uh, has been at war... A kindred for... are the vampires, yes, correct? Yes, vampires. Okay. Yes, our vampire society. Um, enforce what's known as the Masquerade. The Masquerade is a time-honored tradition to prevent humans from hunting us down and killing us. Though we are very powerful, we have plenty of weaknesses that can be exploited and have been on multiple occasions. In fact, right now our number and our, our networks have been disrupted horribly by the Second Inquisition. A bunch of humans have taken it upon themselves to hunt our kind into extinction. Your internet has proved to be quite a problem for us. So... With that in mind, the Camarilla is at war with the Anarchs, who want to throw all of it off and just let everything burn, and the Sabbat, who believe there are dark gods that they should summon, which, of course, is ridiculous horse shit. And so, where we see the opportunity is in picking up the pieces, building our own world, one that follows our codes and serves our needs. From you, we need a capable lieutenant for you see not unlike back in the day and she kind of like looks fondly down at her uh her blood uh, and size thinking of bygone times says uh the new world provides a particularly delicious opportunity to those willing to seize it now i know that you're a london man and you would rather stay such i'm aware that your mother lives here and that you have all manner of friends though admittedly some of them are now dead we need you to go to Canada. For you see, there is a place you've probably heard of called Montreal. We call it the City of Black Miracles. It is a vastly important gem in the crown of kindred society. And no one has been smart or strong enough to seize it just yet. And that's where you come in. You said you wanted to rise... How do you feel about being the vampire prince of a city? All right, I'm not a, like a book guy, but I know my story. So what you're saying is, I gotta go there and like get myself to become the heir to the king, and then kill the king, and then I, the prince, will be the king. Or do I stay under the king? Because prince is a second, right? There is and never. It's a king. Well, no. In, in our in our case, uh, princes are about as high as you can hope to aspire to be. It means you run the city. You are in control of all the kindred who live there. You get to make the rules. Your that's what I fucking want. Yeah. Code can finally be enforced by an army of vampires upon a city full of vice. This should be quite tempting to you, Mister Darkly. Oh, yeah, you're speaking my fucking language. I like this a lot. So, yeah, okay, let's make me the prince. I'll get a crown. I'll fucking kill a well, bunch of people. one step at a time. The killing people will come, no doubt. Uh, the city is currently held by the remnants of the Sabbat, a group of, as I said, dark art-worshipping idiots. Who... They're like the reverse Vatican. Yes, like evil Vatican. Uh, the Cambrilla are also like the Vatican. There's a lot of Vatican metaphors. Um, think about it this way. Uh... The Camarilla are run by our Boris Johnson, a foolish oaf who believes in systems that no longer serve anyone and will ultimately destroy him and them. The Sabbat are the evil Vatican, worshipping dark gods they believe they can wake up one day and are currently attempting to wake up in the Middle East as we speak. So they're like now, Trump with the economy. Yes, they're like Trump. If we, if we use economy. Johnson and then we got Trump, it yes, goes together. Quite. Uh, so the issue we are, we're having is that most of the ancient vampires have now been drawn into the Middle East conflict to attempt to stop Jenna, the apocalypse, which I think is a load of horse shit. But in any case, they're off doing that. Fuck them. What we're seeing now is that Montreal, once a stalwart of the Sabbat, is empty. Ripe for the taking. There has never been a Camarilla prince who's lasted particularly long there. But we think you, Mr. Darkly, might be the one to do it. Or at the very least, help us usher in a government of some sort. You must understand, the Note Nostra works under the... Similar to how your 50 stone worked under me, we work under the Camarilla for now. 
and we must abide by their rules for now. So when you arrive, you'll be expected not to declare yourself prince, but rather to help the existing Camarilla forces as best you can, until the time is right. And then, Mr. Darkly, you can determine how you would like to play things. You'll be teamed up with a coterie. These are what we call essentially our gangs. Um, they are uh, a rather interesting bunch, but uh, each of them should have skills that are useful to you. Your job will be to kill as many of the fuckers as get in your way as you can, pave the way for the Camarilla to step in, and when the time is right, overthrow them and become the Prince of Montreal. Are these terms agreeable to you? And he, like, realizes he's been brought back from the dead and been made a vampire and that there's not really a lot of negotiating room in this. And he's like, yeah, this sounds pretty fucking good. In the back of his head, he's like, ah, there's a fucking trick in here. Yep. So, so we've, uh, we've made an arrangement with a rogue element within the Camarilla, a pair of very old but very useless vampires known as the Bouchard Brothers. They run a, a sugary confection business out of the woods of Quebec. They will be your point of contact when you arrive and will get you set up within the city itself. Uh, I will be attending to matters here. As you can imagine, London is in a bit of a state of disarray constantly these days. We were once a powerful and secure kindred society, and now we've gone to shit. So I'm in the process of solving that. I will trust you to work independently in Quebec until we make contact with you. If you fail... And uh, she just kind of, like, lets that float in the air. And she says, as you said, nothing comes for free, Mr. Darkly. We brought you back. We are more than happy to send you into that great undiscovered country along with your mother and everyone you've ever known. So, do be a dear and don't fail. All right. Noted. Um, so she nods and says, excellent. Well, um, once again, welcome to the family. We'll have a proper initiation into the vampire mafias. We like to think of ourselves a little bit later. In the meantime, Gaston will answer all of your questions about the Camarilla and the Masquerade. There are some rules you simply must know. Also, um, your bloodline is, is, uh, is my own. Uh, you are Ventru, which means that you'll only feel satisfied, um, feasting on one particular kind of of human, one particular kind of creature. Um, knowing your predilections, we had some pretty good guesses as what that might be. Uh, and so, um, and then she uh, kind of leads you to uh, a room, opens the door, and you can see Andrigo is like lying down on um, a medical bed. He's got like a ton of IVs plugged into him and is clearly being like kept alive on life support. She's like, um, I believe those who violate your code might be a good place to start. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, this is a very nice gift. Because I'll tell you, as I was dying, the only thing I was thinking was, what a waste that it wasn't me who got to do duck fucker. Am I right? You are. And after all, good boys deserve cookies. Uh, and then she closes the door behind you. You feel your fangs begin to throb. And for the very first time, you feed. Um... The next day, you arrive um, at, uh, I think we said you came over by plane, right? Yeah, by plane, yeah. yeah. Um, as dusk falls, uh, you arrive at Heathrow. Um, and um, as you kind of approach the gate, um, you're greeted by uh, Gaston, who just slips a uh, package into your hand. He says, we, uh, we had the documents you requested made up. Um, it's a curious name, sir. Uh, but I suppose the darkly night rises. Am I right? Because <laughs> you chose, yeah, I don't... you chose Ridley Beef, the, and you, you you say you're you're the Riddler. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I learned that from a from a movie. They said that where you don't want to try to get through with like the name John Smith. You mm. want to choose a really weird name, and then they're like, "This has got to be real. This guy seems dumb." Uh, that is why I chose the name Gaston, so uh, also from a movie. Uh, it's an animated picture. Very, very good. Uh, I liked his antler decorating scheme. Stole it for myself. In any case, uh, I guess this is goodbye, Mr. Darkly, and uh, hello, Mr. Beef. 
Oh, you can call me the Riddler. I'm going to miss you, Gaston. I'm going to miss you, the Riddler. Enjoy your flight. Uh, and with that, uh, Ridley Beef, you are born anew as you step uh, through security um, and onto a plane full of unsuspecting people headed off to an unknown future. Uh, is there any, any final thoughts for us as you board the plane? Uh, I would say Ridley would ask someone if he could borrow their phone. And yep. I feel like he'd sort of bully his way into it. He's probably done that, like, you know, you get 20 bucks for somebody at, like, the bus station sure, kind yeah, of yeah. shit. Uh, and he'd get the phone, and he'd have a number he could text. Uh, and he would just text uh, three Christmas trees and then a present. Uh, and it's a number that no one else is aware of, and it's for a burner phone that only his mom has. And those mm. texts mean, get your go bag and disappear. Like, it's the shit's gone down text. Mm -hmm. So his mom, he knows as he goes off to try to do what's probably an impossible mission and go to war where he's going to have to stay really confident. Uh, he probably, there will be no way he will be able to get in contact with her again. He's put her in the wind for her own protection. Great. Um, so uh, you send the text um, and uh, you get back um, a text of... Um, three leaves, uh, and then a car, um, which is her, like, I'm gone like a leaf in the wind, um, <laughs> response. Uh, and, uh, the person's like, why did you send so many emojis? Uh, I like Christmas, and I fucking love leaves. I don't know. Fuck you. <laughs> he shoves the phone back and then he like storms off. Great. Because um, so, he borrowed it from someone on a different flight. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. crafty. Uh, so with that, you settle in and uh, head off to Parts Unknown. Meanwhile, um, back at uh, the mansion with um, uh, Reagan Rowling, uh, 50 kind of shuffles out of uh, one of the side rooms where, where he'd been staying. Uh, and he's he's clearly crestfallen, and he seems very upset. Um, and uh, he says to Reagan, like, you know, he's a good friend of mine, but we did what you asked. We square. She's like, she just sort of pats him on, on uh, the shoulder, and she says, yes, dear, you keep finding capable men, capable women, bringing them to me, and we'll be just fine. Um, and, uh, as he leaves, she says, I do hope you don't feel too bad about shooting him. And, um, 50 just looks back over his shoulder and like clearly pain just says, no, ma'am should have another one for you soon. Uh, and then he walks off into the night off to start a new gang. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, and Megan Miles at Maggie Miles on Twitter, featuring storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Tom McGee, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's art is by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M R K R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis, and Traffic by Kai Engel, and all our ads use tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dumb Dumbs and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. You can also get merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice and you can join our Patreon of Darkness, patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the night. Ah, 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 ah. Spooky. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.